welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Um, that was weird intro. That was weird transition. Not sure what was going on there. Um, but all that matters is that we're here now. Good evening, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. I'm like Truman Show. Good morning. Good evening. Good night. So if you've not been here before, let me welcome you. My name is CJ Reynolds and I run this, uh, this thing called Real Rap with Reynolds. And what that is, is real rap uh, is what my students say when they talk about having real conversations, real talk about something. And so we're having a real conversation about everything education. Doesn't always stay exactly education. Sometimes moves into like lifestyle and sort of like balancing stuff and things of that nature. But um, this is this is where we are, we're, we're coming from. Um, when we talk about uh, Sunday Night Teacher Talk and, and having real conversations around that. The idea here is to meet teachers where they are on Sunday nights, which is often the most anxiety and stress-ridden night of the week, knowing that school is tomorrow. For some of you, that's real. Like some of you, school is tomorrow. Us on the East Coast, we got a little bit more time. But I heard someone say once that uh, August is the Sunday of the teacher schedule. And I just feel like that's so true. So now we're on a Sunday in today's August 1st, right? Yeah, August 1st. So it's like a double whammy. So what we want to do is help you to feel excited, to feel confident, um, and to feel ready to go into the school year and into the week. So um, that's what we're here to talk about. If you need anything else from us, you can always go um, right to realrapwithreynolds.com um, and everything's there. Like everything from sign up for the newsletter to speaking engagement, uh, sign up stuff to buy stuff to like anything that you might, anything else that we do is there. And then there's always uh, the old social media connection piece, um, which you can follow us on all the major social media networks. Uh, YouTube is clearly the, the largest or the one that we put like the most time and effort into. But that stuff exists. If you have a question, you have uh, only there's only one option actually this week is to put it in the comment section because we're, we're living we're living in an Edie-less world right now. That's what the Real Rapid Thrones is doing. If you don't know, Edie is we're like- We're trying. We're trying to live in an Edie-less Edie world. world. It is, uh, we're Edie-free right now. And Edie is my helper. And she is um, like answers my emails and does my scheduling for me and all this stuff. And Edie is like, I don't know. She like- she She's does, our IT person also. <laughs> she does. She does a lot of things for me. She, the only thing she doesn't do is like set my clothes out for me. But that's because she lives in Texas. Um, so- we uh so the live feature is not dialed in right now because it's there's some tech behind that and Edie helps us with that and now in the EDLS world we can't do it. So um all you have to do is put your question in the chat. I'll answer anything. I'll talk about anything. So there's nothing off limits. So just let us know. Um and with that, let's, let's jump started. into the show. So we already have a lot of questions. All right. It's that time of year. It so is. Uh, Todd is asking, I'm starting in a new alternative high school and new classes after 20 years in a previous program. What's the best way to start the year? Mm. Can I do a little self-promotion here real quick? Oh, sure. Todd, the beauty Sorry. of this question is that, understand. oh, Google was talking to me. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't realize. I'm always nice to it because, you know, if, if Terminator's correct and they take over the world, I want them to remember like that guy, that, that guy can go. He was always nice to us. So we are, we have just created um, a course 
that uh, not a course a workshop yeah i see your see your head shaking over there a workshop that we're going to roll out in uh in a week or so that is going to cover what i you know in, in my sitting and thinking about this for like seemingly it feels like endless amounts of time one how i think we should be starting the school year and also how are we going into a post-covid school year where many students like my students have been out since march of 2019 now they're coming back in september of 2021 so that is an enormous amount of time that kids haven't been in school so we're going to roll this thing out and we're going to try and help people it's going to be a live event uh that people sign up for and stuff like that so that being said i think that you know one of the things i've talked about a lot that i they do want to share is that i you know if you think back to going back to school, right? Like you, you have the summer off and the summer, especially when you're a kid, it feels so enormous. And like, and when I say enormous, I, I mean, like that was a long time to be away from your friends, to be away from your, even not just your friends, but like your, your people that you like sort of knew like associates, people you just said hi to in the hallway uh, it, it was a lot of time for you to grow, to mature, to find new things you were interested in. And coming back in the beginning of the year is all about like showing up as this year's version of you. So like, what are you wearing? How did your hair change? Um, did you, you know, maybe like uh, you got into something new? Who are you coming back into school and then finding people that you can connect with? And I think that that is such a daunting task many times. Oh, I don't know what just happened there. Um, it, it can be such a daunting task um, coming back. So I think just showing up and seeing kids like, like shaking hands, giving high fives, saying hello, interacting with students, talking about small stuff, not school stuff, not did you do the summer reading, but like, you know, did anyone see any great movies this summer? Like, would you check out? Um, would you think about that movie? What's a show that you watch that you don't think anyone is been put onto yet. Like uh, just regular, regular stuff makes kids feel seen and it makes it look like, and, and because you're not faking this, I mean, like fake it, they're going to smell it because that's what kids do. Um, you're showing up actually caring about your students. And that alone has a huge shift, right? But that's going to take, especially being in a new school, you're going to have to leave your classroom. You have to go into unfamiliar territory. Um, and we can't ever like, and look, just as a reminder to anyone, damn near every kid is not going to let you know, hey, man, I loved that you talked to me. I love that you saw me, you know, but it is one of those things that like two, three, four years down, down the line, some kid might be like, hey, you know what? Like you made high school better for me. Like you made it so like I didn't hate school. Like you made me feel like it mattered. And that is everything to a kid so say that and the only other piece of advice i would give like in a like in brief nutshell here is not not waiting for your kids to like to see that you care you gotta let them know you care so like i always tell my wife love is a verb right i tell my kids this too you can't just say you love me and then do some some stuff that looks like you don't love me um so love love is a verb it is showing people we care out loud but it's also telling people, I don't want to wait for them to get it through translation. I don't want them to like figure it out on their own. No, I'm stoked to be here. I care that you guys are in my class. I want this to be the greatest year ever. Don't just say a bunch of stuff. And it's like, well, they should know. 
that this is going to, I want this year to be great. Nope. You can't do that. You got to tell them what you need them to know. And so just those two things will, will set you apart and will, I think, put you on a really great path for the year. Our next question is from Stephanie. How slash what do you do during your planning period? We didn't really have meetings, um, et cetera, last year. We will be moving to a block schedule, so extended class periods up to almost two hours long. Um, wow. So, okay. So that mean, that would mean that your planning periods are about two hours long, too. Here's how I roll, Steph. I so I've been reading about this idea, but I've, I've long since sort of done something like this. And I just like when, when a book or something like that affirms it. Um, I'm reading this, I read this book last year uh, that my friend Jill put me on to called The 5 a.m. Club. And it's a little bit cheesy. You can find the whole book for free on, on YouTube. Just type in 5 a.m. audiobook and like the actual, uh, I don't know if it's the guy that, no, it's not the guy that wrote it, reads it. But like he does like the characters, voices. Of, it's a little bit corny, but the gist of it, right? The, 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 the lessons in it are actually really good. One of the things they talk about in the book is the, uh, he has a lot of these like little systems and it's called, which I love, I love systems. Um, the tight bubble of total focus, right? The <laughs> tight bubble of total focus. And what that is, is that when you are ready to work, right? When your workday begins, you are removing yourself from your phone. So I will put Pandora on or YouTube playlist on my phone. I turn it over so that I don't get immediate prompts of like emails and texts and stuff like that. So when I do take a break, I can look at it, but I try not to look at that as much as possible. Because if somebody really needs me, it's like, come to my room or call my room or something like that. And I will answer and I will come to your room and help you out with whatever I got to help you out with. But I try not to look at that. I also then don't do anything else. I know my task at hand. So if I'm lesson planning, if I'm creating a PowerPoint, if I am cutting things out that I need to have in class, if I'm organizing stations, if I'm grading work, that's all I'm doing. I do that for about 50 minutes. Then I take a 10 minute break, right? 10 minute break. I get a drink. I like stretch my legs, walk around, do something else. But that's all I'm doing. I do that. That's how I do everything in my day. My day is never like, uh, I'm going to use some old people language here. My day is never willy nilly. All right. That's what my day is now. I don't, I'm not a willy nilly kind of guy. Um, and that's just how I roll. I don't want to like, I'm not ever just like, wandering the hallway aimlessly unless for that stretch of time this is what i'm doing i'm just out in the hallway i'm just talking to kids that got kicked out of class i'm just talking to teachers that happen to be in the hallway i'm just making connections with new people i'm going into someone's class and observing but it is always strategic because i find right that the amount of work i get done when i am in the matrix i got headphones on i got the same playlist or same station on on Pandora every single day or Spotify or whatever you use. And then I am doing a thing for 60 minutes. I get so much done. And if you think about typically how much teachers get interrupted and when you're at home, how much children interrupt you when you're in the tight bubble of total focus, um, everyone knows don't bother me. Right? Like, so that, that's what I I'm thinking of. I even have a little sign on my desk that says, uh, I says, I'm calculating your grade and I'm not that good at math. Please wait a moment. And then I just like kids go, Oh, never mind, bro. Like, just keep going, keep doing my grade. Cause I tell them like, if I have to stop, like, there's a chance I'm going to mess up. And then you're going to get probably less of a grade. Cause I never, I never mess up and benefit you. It's only a deficit. So that's, that's how I look at things as like going into that tight bubble of total focus. Can you answer um, what you do during that planning period? 
So I do, nothing comes home with me. I plan everything and grade everything at school. Um, I almost never do any work at home. So I have like certain sections of the day. So in the morning I get there early, I do any planning that I have to do and coordinating for my classes in the morning. During lunch, I typically um, leave. Uh, it takes me seven minutes to get to Dunkin' Donuts and back. Still waiting for that brand deal to come through because um, I drink Dunkin' Donuts every day. I could make coffee at school, but I really just like the seven minutes outside of school and seven minutes back. And I call the not-so-secret wife every day on my way, <laughs> and we just talk for seven minutes. Um, I come back to school, eat lunch with students. Then when students leave and the next class comes in to teach my class, I put AirPods in or, or headphones so that no one I can't hear anyone. And then I just focus in. My desk is completely removed of anything. I remove anything that is, uh, that's extraneous that I don't need right now. And then I focus in on like, am I doing parent emails? Am I doing grading stuff? Am I inputting grades? Um, I try to outsource as much of that material as I possibly can. So my co-teacher and I split the grading. A lot of times if it's multiple choice or some kind of scanny thing, like they have all these apps, you can scan things on there. Now, um, I have students do all that crap for me so that my job is basically grading writing um, and then inputting grades uh, into like we use PowerSchool. So I'm inputting into PowerSchool. Because that is my grade book. You should never have students use touch your grade book. It's a, do, it's a legal document, and they don't tell you that enough in college, and they should. Um, and so then uh, other times, like towards the end of the day, if I have a prep at the end of the day, I'm usually screwing around in the hallway, but it's strategic. It's building connections with students. It's being seen. It's it's helping teachers out. It's doing stuff like that. All right, next question. Is that comprehensive enough? I think so. Thank you. Um, Paul's asking, how do you handle kids continually being put into or taken out of your class? It seems like every other week I have a change in roster, and I have, di uh, I have difficult time yeah. knowing how to get the kids called up. Uh, or new kids called up, sorry. So I, for us, that mostly happens in the beginning. So we usually, we used to run trimesters. So you know we're running quarters this year? We're doing market oh. periods this year. Oh, I yeah, which I'm that. stoked about. Trimesters suck. Mm -hmm. um, they're too long. And, and it's like by the end of the trimester, it's so that's a whole nother conversation. Um, so it typically only happens in the beginning of like a trimester or a marking period when they're still trying to like figure out where kids are going to go. Uh, I think that, you know, part of the problem there, which you didn't even ask about, but I'm going to mention is that there are some kids that really like your class. And then when they get moved out, they get upset. I think it's about connecting with those students. And when they get moved out, um, I usually kid with them and tell them like, bro, I don't look, I don't know what I did, but like, why'd you leave my class? Like you, you got to switch to someone else's. And then they're always like, no, man, I loved your class. I want to be in that new class. I'm like, listen, I don't, you can tell me that now, but like, that's not what they told me. Like, I'm, it just kind of hurt my feelings. I thought, I thought we had a connection there or something. So that's like a playful way to address it. But then also letting students know, like, look, your new teacher it could be really great. Right. Um, and if you need anything, just know that you can always still come back to me. Like I'm here, I'm your teacher forever, from this point till forever. So like when you're older and like this is, I want to get to the level where like kids are at college and they call me because they need something. I love when kids are like, yo Reynolds, when you had kids, like what did they, like this is when my students have graduated, they're, you know, they have children of their own. They're like, what'd you do with Brody when Marley was born? Like, I love, like this is, I'm doing, we're going forever here. So. I want that starts now. So that's one of the things that I do. The other thing is I never try and get anyone that's new. 
caught up immediately. I always meet with them after school, during lunch, before school, um, in a time when everyone's working. And I want to give them the short version of like, look, here's what you need to know. First of all, you won. I tell kids all the time, this all the time. You won the lottery, bro. Getting put in my class because um, I'm the best teacher you're going to have this year. And that is I say that knowing that I love the other teachers. This is not like a, I don't have like a like an unhealthy competition with anyone. Um, I but I tell I just tell kids like, look, I'm trying to be the best teacher ever here. So you won the lottery because I'm really going to care. I'm really going to help you as much as I can. Um, and sometimes that's going to look like stuff you want, right? It's going to look like affirmations. Other times it's going to look like I'm pushing you and you're going to get really aggravated with me, but that comes from a place of me wanting you to be the best version of yourself. Um, and so, and that's what coaches do, right? So in, in that, um, I am giving them that really brief version when they come into my room and then holding them back and then saying like, Hey, look, what are some things about you that I need to know about? It's reaching out to their parents. And honestly, it is, it's the little things that really add up. It's not the big speech at the beginning of the year because everybody has the big speech at the beginning of the year um, about how hard they are, how much they care, how great this is going to be, whatever it is. The kids want the follow-up. Only, I only believe you if you have the follow-up, if you actually do it. So I think that comes with all of the little things of like, hey, man, like back to day two, so glad to see it. Like, uh, you know, like, did you need help with anything? Um, is your seat good? Like just trying to dial things in like that. It just shows a level of care the kids don't get normally. And then I also like side note, if you ever have kids taken out of your class because someone wants to like talk to them in the office or some other teacher needs them to do something, I say no. Like I say no all the time to that stuff. My class is important. Um, and we're not, you know, this is a uh, this is crucial stuff we're working with here, especially when you're working a lot of times with, I have a lot of students that are below grade level in their reading ability and you want to pull them out to a reading. What bro? What? Like pull them out to a study hall or something like that. So if people come to my room and they say, Hey, can I see so-and-so? I say, uh, not right now. We're in the middle of something, but as soon as we're done this, I'll send them right down to you. Or we actually just started a test. I'm going to need 20 minutes. Um, and then letting that person know, Hey, going forward, I'd be happy to comply. I'd be happy to figure out a time when so-and-so can come see you. Just let me know ahead of time so I can kind of schedule it in or, or let you know if it's going to work or not. Next question comes from Rosanna. Uh, what advice do you have for ninth grade intensive reading? These students are, will be in the class because they did not pass the state assessment last spring. Uh, I would, you know, so if kids aren't passing the state assessment, one of the things I remind them of is that state assessments are a basic skills test, right? We're talking about like, can you do the bare minimum to actually like appear, like to, to, to pass high school or to pass a grade or whatever? I let kids know, and look, I mean, this, this, might, this might go wrong with some people. I let people know that state tests don't matter. Like testing doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't, it, it is not the be all end all of whether or not you can perform. But is it important? Yeah, because it's part of the game, right? Like it's, it just is what it is. So if you want to live the life of your dreams, you, you're going to have to pass this test. It's just part of, of, of what needs to happen. Um, that you can't just, you know, like to get into college in a lot of states, to get uh, to move on to the next grade, to actually get a diploma and not a certificate of attendance. That's how it was in Jersey. You have to pass the test. So can we gamify this? Can we look at it as a game? Um, and like, but so like, does it matter? Ultimately, no. 
does it does it like in, in the grand scheme of like your life it doesn't really matter but it is a puzzle piece to the puzzle you're building that is your life and so it's about getting kids to realize why this is important why your class is important um and then for me it's getting real with kids that are in classes similar to that so i have students that are um i mean i teach the co taught class, which means I have a lot of students with a lot of IEPs, a lot of kids that are underperforming, um, a lot of kids with a lot of different like uh, learning differences. And so sometimes kids have, they, they want front, like, like I can read. I just don't want to, I could write. I just, I just don't like periods and capitalizing stuff. It's dumb. I don't have to do that. And it's like, it's not what it's doing is limiting your voice. Right. We want people to understand you on a level where they, there is like, they're like, damn, if you're going to put it that way, like that was amazing. Um, but if people go, what, huh? Like, you don't, you don't want to speak in a way that is like powerful. That's convincing. That is that your point clearly comes across. So it's about one helping kids to realize like, look, you can't because I've seen it and you're on a second grade reading level. And this isn't in front of everyone. It's being straight with kids. You're, on, you're far below level. Does that mean something's wrong with you? No, just means that you got the short end. Like, like school let you get to this point and you're not even at the place you're supposed to be, right? You've been failed by the system. But I'm here to tell you that I'm helping you. I am willing to do anything in my power. Like, like it stops here because me, the team and I are gonna work to get you to where you need to be to live the life that you want to live to, to, to be able to like, and so like I talk in real ways with my students about like, like you being successful, isn't just about making money. What's that do for your mom, right? Your mom, who's like working more than one job, maybe your mom, who's like been living in a rental for her whole life, your little sister, who's coming up after you, that's going to have to go through all the same struggles and things uh, that they're dealing with. Um, and, and even like when your sister goes to school, don't you want to just be able to say, I got your books. Don't you worry about it. I got your, your meal plan uh, already paid for. I got your tuition. You just got to pay for classes. Like whatever it is, like who do you want to be and what do you want to build that to? Instilling that sense of why being 100% real with kids that are in front of you as to where they are, helping them have a very clear vision as to where they want to be and having a clear why as to like why they can get there, why they want to be it, why they want to do it. That is the beginning of a conversation that is about empowerment. That is about teaching kids that they can do it, why they should do it. And then just creating the clear pathway to how they're going to get there. And I think that that is the game. And so that's how I enter into that conversation with students. I was feeling fiery on that one. I one. love that conversation. Okay, next one is from Eric. He says, getting ready for my first year. What's a last minute thing I need to know? Uh, Eric, man. So <laughs> just one <laughs> first year. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'll give you, I don't know, five. I don't even know if it'll be five, but uh, one, when the next time you go into your school, go to the copy machine, um, go into the big boxes of copy paper they have there and then take one, take not a whole box, right? If, I, just take a ream, like one package of paper. Hide it in the bottom drawer of your desk under a whole bunch of other crap, and you will need it one day. And when you do, just shoot me. It would be great if you shot me a message and say, you were right about this because I'm always right about this. Two, get to know your IT person at school and whoever fixes stuff before the school year starts. Because when the school year starts, 
everybody wants something from them. And you don't want your first interaction with someone to be that you needed it. Um, you, you want it to be like, hey, just letting you know, like, um, my name is Eric Elmore. I teach whatever in this classroom. I just wanted to know the guy that's really in charge around here or the woman that's really in charge around here. And so that is really important too. Um, I think finding out as many of your school norms as you can is really important. So like, what time does the school open? What time do they close? Do you get a key? Do you have the code to the alarm? Um, is the gate locked? And can I get into the parking lot if I want to come in on the weekends or if I stay late? I have been locked in to the parking lot before I've been locked into the school before. I've had the alarm set on me and it went off and the cops were called. Um, I've gotten to the school super early in the morning only to find out that I can't get in that early because I'm the only lunatic that goes in that early. And then I have to sit in my car for an hour and a half until someone shows up at the school and I can get in. So it's finding out norms, like that sort of thing. And then I think the one of the last things I see a lot is, um, is so there's there's a lot of other stuff that will get talked about, but it is uh, making sure your tech works. Like run through your first day before your first day. Like make sure all your remotes have batteries. Make sure you're locked into the internet. Make sure that your your light switches work, your extension cords work. Like all that stuff's dialed in because a lot of times we're too busy like situating things and filling out forms and working just from our laptop on the Wi-Fi, And then like you get to the thing, like the, the smart board and it's like, doesn't work or it won't connect to the internet. Make sure everything works and be set up for your first day before your first day. And then just do a brief run. You don't have to say everything you're going to say, but like, we're make sure your flow is there. That's what I would do. Excuse me before my first day. All right, JP is asking thoughts on putting a teacher pro, uh, portfolio website together. Degree program didn't go over it, and I'm certified regular ed elementary and art K to twelve. Have experience in both, but don't know how to highlight it. Oh, man, this is a great question. Here's what I'm gonna. So if you're not paying attention to me, <laughs> anybody in the in, uh, in the crowd there, if you could listen just for a moment. Um, so JP wants to put together, he's thinking about putting together an, uh, a teacher portfolio like website. Um, if you've done this before, could you, it would be great if you could connect with him or JP, I would also put this in the Facebook group if you haven't already. Um, if you go to our Facebook group, uh, Real Rap with Reynolds, um, Teacher Talk, uh, right? Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook. Um there's like two quick questions you have to answer to get in just so we know you're a real teacher. And then you get in, post this there, you're going to find love. I've never had to do this, right? I, I And that's because I had to, I keep doing that weird thing. Yeah. It's like, it takes me off the thing. That's weird. Anyway, um, I've never had to do this because I've only, because when I started teaching, that wasn't a thing. Like nobody even had like a portfolio. Like they didn't show up with even like a cute binder or something like that. Um, I think the website, that's a freaking great idea. And I, cause now I think about, I think I've often thought like, what if I moved? What if I went somewhere else? What if I taught somewhere else? What if I had a different job? I've sort of created this portfolio online of YouTube and social media that is like undeniable. And, 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 and what I mean by that is like, it's very clear as to like how I connect with students, see me connect with students, how I roll out my lessons, things of that nature. Um, I, I think this is a great idea. I would, I would, so I think it's worth thinking about what someone else is going to want to see 
but there's no way to really do that. So maybe paying attention when you go to like looking up like interviews or, or getting like interview questions, seeing what people think about interviews and then implementing some of that stuff. To me, it is what I want to know. What, so I'll tell you this. This this is maybe what I would want to see. That's probably the place to go. Um, when I th are, am a part of an interview process for teachers, what I want to know is that they are excited about teaching. They're excited about being part of a community. They're not trying to just be the one. They are excited about, they are looking at the students that are actually in front of them and then teaching them through a lens that they care about. So what, what that means is that um, just because I am teaching, like, so I teach like all black and brown students in West Philadelphia, not every lesson is through hip hop, right? Like, or, or, or sports, because my students have a ton of other interests besides that. So it's actually getting to know my students and then connecting with them in that way. So like, as so maybe designing lessons PowerPoints. Um, since it's your first year, maybe you did some stuff in, in, in student teaching, maybe not. But like, here's some experiences I want to create with students. Like, I want to create this immersive world that students come into and they and they want to connect. I believe that, you know, what are your beliefs? Like, I believe that like that teaching can only happen through community. So I'm trying to like um, work with the people that I work with, right? Like that are in the same building creating strong community there, reaching outside of our school and, and partnering with community members, partnering with parents and families to make sure that kids are feeling supported and they're getting everything that they need. Like it's doing all that sort of stuff. And then what are the extra things you bring? So you can teach and you love English or science or math. It's, I mean, like I know you said art, but like um, it is, what is, how are you sprinkling magic on stuff? So for me, like, I build things like my, my classroom is custom because I build things. I, uh, have, I'm very creative in the way that I think. Um, but, uh, I, so like trying to pull from those pieces of like, what else makes me, me like, so Seth Godin would talk about this as being the purple cow. What helps you to be the purple cow? What helps you set apart from everyone else? And if you get stuck on that, ask someone that knows you well and they'll tell you because sometimes you know i find out the find that like we as people have a real hard time um doing we have a real hard time like looking at the goodness in us or the things that set us apart that make us great but the people that love us uh have a very have a much clearer vision as to what that is and so like my wife for instance can like if sometimes I'm talking some nonsense and I have this soundtrack in my head, like that I'm not good enough or that, like, I don't know why someone would pick me to do this. Or I'm like, just talking crap on myself. My wife would just be like, stop. That's not true. Like you're this and this and this and this. So, yeah. All right. Our next one comes from love you. good buddy. John. Love you. I love you. Love you. Uh, what are three things that you will look forward to doing on the first day and bonus question? What was the name of your kindergarten teacher? Most teachers remember. Oh, I remember every teacher that I had in all of elementary school. You do? Yeah. I probably um, could name one and it was because she was so mean. Oh, really? Yeah. I've had tons of mean Ooh, teachers. Mrs. Adams. She was terrible and she was scary. Um, <laughs> and she was my kindergarten teacher. Kindergarten. I don't remember preschool. Kindergarten was Miss Gentile at St. Rose Catholic School in uh, Haddon Heights, New Jersey. Um, I was in the afternoon class. 
And uh, Maureen Kennedy was in my class, and I just thought she was the prettiest girl there. And and look, we liked one another because guess what? She was the fastest girl, and I was the fastest boy. So it was it was basically match me. I don't even know how we end up together because we're. <laughs> Fastest boy runner and fastest girl. No, runner. we're not. We're neither it's of us awesome. are the fastest at basically anything. Like, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that was that. Um, and then I could I could literally sit here and, and name all my other teachers. Uh, the three things I look forward to the most is one, um, connecting with my friends, like just really just seeing other teachers and like being in the mode. Uh, I just I miss that. I, did. I just I think I underestimated somehow how much I needed that and how much the life that gave me seeing my my kids that will come back this year um that I had as ninth graders the last time I was in school will be in 11th grade this year and so that's such a jump I mean like you, you guys know like you see teacher you see kids and like even from the beginning of ninth grade to the end of ninth grade like they change so much and then from when you see them beginning of 10th grade they're like Yo, what up, Mr. Reynolds? And you're just like, bro, what? Like, when'd you get a whole beard? Like, what happened? You're just eating hormones for dinner? Or what was happening? So uh, that I'm really excited about. And really, like, being back in my space. Like, I, I do love being at home. I'd say the one thing that's difficult about being at home is it's too easy to do other stuff. It's too easy, John Lopez, to eat a whole box of peanut brittle <laughs> when I'm at home. But at school, I only have salad and green juice. So it's basically, we're going, we're vegging out over there. So I miss, I think those three things are three things I'm really excited about. And I'm buying a mannequin this year. I ordered it before and then it didn't never came in because it like, it, they stopped that, they didn't have it anymore. And so uh, I'm buying a mannequin this year and that's going to be my, my new class assistant. His name's Fred. But, I think you're also really excited to film YouTube videos. Oh my gosh, hell yeah. That Instead of just doing job. it right here. I, this has been great, right? It's so easy. Set up the camera, not to move anything. No, no one interrupts you. Students, like, yeah. In all the videos, I made. I like... I found a video the other day with Ham uh, that I pulled out because someone left a comment and said that kid is going to be a comedian. So I looked at it again. I was like, Yo, I miss like just goofing around, like making fun of kids and then making fun of me and like going back and forth. Well, and, I'll like, tell you the stuff that that you don't ever tell people is, is CJ did a phone call like last week or so with like oh, four yeah. or five students. And it was just a group call. And I can't tell you like how ecstatic he was. Like when he, yeah. when he came off of the call, he just was like, ah, I miss all my kids. They're all guys that are like in college now that graduated in 2019. So I didn't even get to see most of them graduate and stuff. Uh, sometimes even before that we're on the call. Uh, yeah. It was so, it just makes me, it like just breathes uh, life and it like fills your heart. It's, it's like, like it's such an energy give, yeah. and I miss that. Go All ahead. right, our next question is coming from Taylor. Um, any tips on having long term subs? I'm expecting my first child in October and will need lesson plans ready for when I'm gone. Should I expect the sub to take over a unit or plan alternatives? I so Taylor, that's a great question. First of all, um, congratulations on having a kid, like that's awesome, man. Um, and uh you know, you'll, you'll never sleep the same again. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to, we're going to be real with it, right? You're just not going to sleep the same again. Um, I, you might not, I don't know. My wife will sleep soundly. Yo, that's because I did my duty where I was like up at the drop of, you know, a pin falling. You, you were, so like, I could teach. Once they well. became teenagers, I was like, oh, forget it. I'm actually sleeping again. No, my son will like <laughs> knock on the wall in the middle of the night 
And I'm like, dude, for real? Like, <laughs> like I got it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Mar Your turn. Marley's coughing too much. And I'm like, why is she coughing? So I'm like, you know, I feel like a dog. Or like my, just my ear raises up, right? So anyway, what I would say is um, I would make, you know, here's the thing with long-term subs. Sometimes you look out and you get someone really wonderful. You get someone that's can, that can do it. Maybe someone that taught before and retired and then they're coming back. Sometimes not. Sometimes they're, they're not very good at all. And it's like, Oh, this is why you don't have the actual teaching job. Like, and that sounds mean, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I've just had some of those folks before. So um, I, and, and if you have someone that is like long-term sub, doesn't mean you're really great at this at the subject matter. So what I would do is short lessons that are um, that are largely asynchronous, where like the long-term sub is going to come in, set things up, make sure the kids have resources, make sure they know what they need to do, and then it's like the kids are working on it, and then you know the long-term sub is mo looking more at like attention, at helping kids to connect, at making sure parents are connected into stuff. It's that sort of thing uh, instead of like saying, hey, look, next we read this book. Um, here's how you should start, because you also then have to come up. And if they don't do a particularly good job, it is uh, you have to show up and like back clean up after that disaster. And that's just becomes problematic. So look, I'm not I'm not saying like all long term subs are bad or anything like that. Like I've had some really I've met some really great people along the way, even folks. That I'm like, what are you doing? Like why don't you just work here? Uh, but then there have been other people that like, they're just like their hearts not into it anymore. This is the only person they could get. Like no one wanted to come in during a pandemic. Like, so it's, I think about it's focusing on student success. So like, I think like a week long lesson or a two week long lesson is good. It's largely run by the students. And then that's how you're going to kind of roll from there. My mom is in the chat and she said that she'll send you a mannequin head if you want. It'll have real hair too. Well, <laughs> My mom's yeah. a hairdresser. <laughs> that would be, I would, I would take that. No. Maybe, what, wouldn't that be fun? What if Fred's head just changed every once in a while? If you had a makeover. Are you going to explain to people who Fred is? Fred is my mannequin that I want to get for my classroom. And is that weird? Yes. And I realize the level of weirdness that it is, but it just seems <laughs> like endlessly fun to me. Oh, Ryan's asking, I'm a first year teacher going into a public charter school teaching ninth and 10th grade social studies. Right. Do you have any tips for me or for working in a charter school? So in my experience, so I've only worked in charter schools. A lot of people think I work in a private school. A lot of people look at my classroom and they think we're really rich. Bro, we dream on a $10 budget at my school. So um, the what I'm looking at is that like for me, charter schools have largely been about freedom. Um, my first school, not as much when I worked in Camden, there were like channels I had to go through and they said no to a lot of stuff for no reason. It was like, like what, like one time I talk about this in my book, uh, there was a friend and a few other people, like there was a friend and some poets that, you know, it was my friend, Derek owned a publishing company called Ray Blade Publishing. They were on the show that used to exist back in the day called, uh, uh, Def Jam Poet, right? Deaf poetry, something like that on, on HBO. They were all, they did a recording of the show. They were on their way to a show in Maryland from New York city. And so I found out about this. I hit them up. I was like, bro, could you come in and do like a real quick, like 40 minute, 30 minute, whatever, like spotlight in my classroom on your way. Yeah, man. Sounds awesome. No problem. We'll do it. 
So I go to the principal. Hey, look, I just want to just run this by you. But these friends, they're coming off this show on HBO. They're going to a gig in Maryland. They're, they agree to come in and like, do this. It's going to be friggin' awesome. Can't do that. They don't have act. They don't have, uh, we need uh, background checks on them. What? What? Background checks on them. We have people come in all the time. I guarantee they don't have background. If someone from the Eagles came in last week, we'd have a background check on them. It's just like these arbitrary, silly rules. My school now, in, at least in the past, we have all new admin this year. We'll see how that's going to roll out. But I've, I have a really good feeling about that. In, in the past, it's been like yes to everything because the, the idea of charter schools initially was to how can we reach kids in a new way that like maybe public schools that they're coming, the, those other options might not be a fit for those students. I think that that's, that's part of the reason I've enjoyed being in public school or in charter schools. Uh, would I teach in a public school? 100%. Private school? 100%. It really to me is about the connection piece. And, and so I'm not, at, I'm not at a charter school for any other reason. Uh, it, it just happened that the two schools I went to were a good fit for me when I interviewed there. Um, with regards to new tips going into a public school, I kind of I talked about new tips uh, a moment ago, but I would say if I was going to add something else just to, to give you something to think about, um, it, is, it is really, and look, this is the hardest piece of advice to give anyone because no one, I feel like people don't really take it. If you're really excited about teaching, teach your ass off, right? Like it is, it is go hard, go as early as you want, stay as late as you want. If you have that energy, that burning desire, it is like, it is just show up and do the work. And people are going to go, you're going to burn yourself out. We'll see if you're like this after Christmas. Like, it's like just to hell with with that sort of mindset, go as hard as you want, but remember you have to fill up your own tank to go forward. Nobody is going to do it for you. So you have to know, you have to pay attention to your intuition that when you're feeling a little bit run down, when you're feeling tired, when you're feeling overwhelmed, take the time to actually, and this is coming from a guy that still doesn't do this well all the time. It's like, you have to take a break and go out with some buddies one night and like get a drink or like, um, go out for dinner with someone, have some people over, like say no to students one day during lunch so, that they, so you can get something done. Um, it's, it's, it is filling yourself up, right? Uh, so that you can give as much as you can. But that, I, those would be my two quick tips. Quickish. I don't really do anything fast. You don't. Can I, can I talk about something before you talk oh, about the sure. next question? I have this book behind me. And I wanted to, I put it back here so I remember. My friend Becky, I have this is not endorsed by me, like not I'm not he paid for this or anything. Um, my friend Becky wrote this book called Expedition Science, right? That's Becky on the front. In real life, she has a face. Um, what? Go ahead. Becky is a is a teacher in Virginia. She is literally like I've met her. She's on fire. She like talk about that kind of teacher I was talking about. She's on fire. She somehow convinced her school last year that during COVID that she wasn't going to teach in the classroom anymore. She just wanted to teach outside. So her whole science class for the whole year was outside. If you teach science, this is a hundred percent of book that you should get. Like reading it, even if you don't teach science, just reading it. Becky is the kind of teacher, not only that you want to be, that you're like, damn, I wish I, we did that when I was in school. Like she's just that person. So like going on to her, um, going on Amazon and getting this book or even just following her on social media um, is she's just 
she's so great. And I don't like, I don't talk about teachers like that. Uh, like when I love people, I shout them out. I would never do it otherwise. But Becky's book is, is the greatest. I got to write like a little blurb for it. Didn't make the back cover, not saying anything to Becky. It's on the inside, but I mean, I still got to do it. And I just think You're that she is, <laughs> I think she's the greatest, like literally I could go she on. Is. I really wish like our kids have oh a science she, teacher like even that. Even the way she so talks about infectious it. for a love of yeah. learning. When they like go fun. spelunking in their classroom because they take lab tables and cover them in butcher paper. She makes these caves with like bats hanging in them and stalactites and stalagmites. You got to crawl in and everyone's got a little She's headlamp awesome. and the kids are doing studies in there and stuff. Like it's just like, what? Like I want to come. I want to go do that. <laughs> our next question yeah. is any recommendations for not going crazy during teacher work day meetings, what should I do to connect with a largely new team? All right. So I, I hate meetings. I literally, I think most meetings could be an email and we have a meeting so that we can sign professional development paperwork and get credit for it. Uh, I try to make the best of any meeting that I actually attend. Right. So, um, I, so look, I'm not going to tell you like this, is the one I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good right now. Um, I go into a meeting. So largely new team. If there's anyone, you know, and they're cool, like they were nice. Um, I, I, so our meetings happen in the dining hall, which is, uh, in the basement of our school. I walk down the steps and people laugh at me now because I stand up there and I just look, but I'm unapologetic about it. I look and see where everybody's sitting, who's sitting where, who's sitting with who. What's this What's this about? Oh, it's about special education. Um, I want to make sure I sit with these special ed people because I think they're really about kids and they really know their stuff. And so I want to put myself over there. I'm talking about lesson planning. Oh, this is my girl Cho over here. Cho is super, super analytical and she's systematic thinker. And so I want to make sure I sit with someone like that. Oh, this is something I don't care about. It sounds like nonsense. These people are hilarious over here, so I'm going to sit with them. It's because I know it's going to be a good time. We can laugh and talk and stuff. So I'm trying to put myself in in a place where I'm with people that are actually going to benefit me in the video or in this. Or sometimes it's me putting myself in spaces where it's like, oh, all the new teachers are sitting there. We're going to talk about classroom management. I'm going to sit with them because this is something that I feel like is a strength of mine. I can do it. So I never sit with the same people all the time. Um, It's always based on what we're actually discussing. And if I was going into a new school, I would try in at least the first couple of meetings to have my radar up to see like who's paying attention, who cares, who doesn't care, who's real dialed in, who's passionate about this, who's like hates everything. Try and get a feel for the room and then introduce yourself to the right people afterwards. Like, hey, just so, you know, I liked what you said in there. My name is uh, so-and-so and this is like, you know, what, what I'm teaching this year. Make that connection. So then the next meeting, hey, look, do you mind if I sit with y'all? Like, I just want to sit over here because I'm trying to be awesome this year. Um, and I mean, you don't have to say that. That's kind of like goofy stuff that I say. But uh, and then I sit with those people appropriately. And then um, if you're not, if the if the meeting is boring or if you feel like it doesn't apply to you, which a lot of meetings do, right? We have meetings every year on the bathroom policy, bro. I'm not, I don't have had a problem with the bathroom policy in 14 years. I'm not about to have one this year. Uh, so I just go on my computer and do work. I just make sure that I'm doing stuff that's important. Um, and sometimes I take pictures of people with my phone while we're in the meeting, uh, awkward moments. And then, uh, or I record them and I snap screenshot that awkward moment and I send it to them. Um, and that's really fun too. But 
maybe wait till next year. What you got? All right, our next question comes from Tina. I will be involved in the interview process looking for our next principal. What do you think would be an essential question to ask them? I appreciate all the advice from you. Tina, I love this question. I am going to say, that's a great profile picture. Um, those kids must be huge. So uh, I, that's so dumb. <laughs> I want to know when hiring for a new principal, one, um, how do they view like equity in the in the school setting so with regards to children how are we creating equity what that really means to me is how and then i sometimes break this down how are we supporting students that come from different backgrounds how are we supporting students that come at, that are at different levels um in their learning so like ninth graders that are on different right the reading levels and then how are we supporting in a real way really, really real way, special education teachers know what I'm talking about in a real way, supporting our students that are, that are diverse learners. Right. Uh, and, and kids that have like 504s and, and things like that. Uh, so I want to know how are we actually meeting the kids that are in front of us and helping them to become the, the, the people that they want to be in the future. I think I also want to know how are we like, so for a school like mine, uh, and I think a lot of inner city schools deal with the same sort of situation, um, is how are we focusing, making teacher retention something that matters because it really, really matters to the culture and climate of your school and it really matters to your students and it's really going to matter to your staff. So how are we creating a space or, or, or like a school that teachers want to come back to and that we're interested in having them come back to. And then um, what are views on like teacher autonomy? I always ask about, we have a lot of autonomy in my class. I haven't done, uh, I haven't done a lesson plan in over a decade uh, because we are, we focus on the fact that teachers are professionals in our school. Um, I've not been told how to teach anything with a way that's like, this is how you're going to do it almost ever. Um, and then, I, and then when I am taught, told how to do something like use a certain program, I get myself out of it all the time. Um, cause I can just, I just go, this doesn't work for these kids. Like, I'm not going to do this systematic approach of, because you paid for it. Uh, like it doesn't work for my students. It's actually going to be a detriment. So if we want grades and, um, student retention, and if we want kids to go on to the next grades, and if we want kids to reach college, like this isn't going to work. So it's those three things I think are re that are like three of the most important things to me uh, with regards to students. Next question or principles rather is coming from Chris. Uh, what is the best way to find short stories or other supplementary uh, materials for in-class readings? I'm all set for larger books, but what about the readings in between? It's awesome. So uh, I, Chris, I only work with brands that I feel really strong about, like people that I'm going to use anyway. So I have done, I'm currently, there's a video coming out soon with a company called ListenWise. It's one word, ListenWise. Um, they are affiliated with NPR. And so they create podcasts and short articles that are all, uh, cover every, like friggin' everything. Um, and they have a thing on there, and this is part of my video, I talk about this, where there's a thing called weird news, which I do weird Fridays every Friday. And so it's like all kinds of weird stuff, but I love that. I love that weirdness because to me, what that's really doing is creating curiosity in students and engaging them and learning on something that they might actually be interested in. 
It's really great stuff for like before a lesson, um, something supplemental during a lesson or as a follow-up uh, or as a bridge to like your next topic. And they have all subject matter on there. So they're really good. Um, I've also worked with Scholastic and I love Scholastic stuff. Um, I'm going to blank because my memory is just getting worse the older I get. Uh, up, Upfront up Magazine. Um, it's something I use constantly from Scholastic. And then I really love, uh, I do like, I do think, I do like Ed Puzzle, but that's like a, you can only use it a couple times because it, like, especially after last year, like Ed Puzzle, just your kids might be bored of it. But um, I love the New York Times. If you type in to Google New York Times lesson plans, there's just so much stuff on there and it's so good that, and they have like the reading, they have visual aspects to it. They have, um, have, like questions and uh, like videos connected to it. it's really multi-sensory. And so I like that piece of it as well. So th those are my like go-to ones always. Next question. How do you make use of dead time or small breaks between meetings? Um, I will either, I think at that's time to make copies a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, because copies are one of those things that everyone wants to make in the morning. Um, and so you're just getting it done and that would be, there's a piece of advice for new teachers, make all of your copies now before the school year starts, because everyone's going to be making them in the beginning of the school year. And so even if you can get into the school before professional development starts, that's the golden time to do it. Uh, I connect with people. I, I look for people. I'm, I'm constantly like the way my brain is wired, the way I kind of grew up was, um, I am constantly navigating the room and getting a sense of how people are. So does someone need a little love. Does someone need some attention or something like that? Is there someone new that asked a question? You want to be like, hey, look, let me talk to you about the for real version of how we do that. Um, let's talk about like, how are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling about your room, your lessons? Where'd you come from before this? That just helps people feel seen and heard and connected. Um, and then sometimes it's just silliness. I think, like, I really think that silliness is largely undervalued. It's looked as like childlike behavior as, as, as like you're immature. a Peter Pan, yeah, you're immature. Look, I'm just trying to interrupt your daily programming. And so I show up and just do dumb stuff. But I it is I think it's the way we sprinkle magic. And not everyone's like that, but like it is for me, um it, it is a way to is expression of care for the whole community. So that's why I do half the like the dumb crap. Like, look, I one of my ideas with Fred, my mannequin this year. Is I really have this exciting idea of like placing Fred at different places in the building. They're either going to startle people. So like imagine opening your classroom door and Fred's just standing there staring. You're going to crap your pants. Um, or just putting Fred like at the end of the hallway. Like it's kind of like, you know, when cops like just leave an empty police car somewhere and it makes everyone slow down. I just want to see like the effect that Fred would have. Um, and then all kinds of dumb other stuff I just want to do with them. Like I want to take him to, on bus duty with me. Just have him standing out there like co-pilot sidekick <laughs> it's so dumb it's gonna be awesome yeah but it's you know i think to your note i want to say i think that everybody has their own version of sprinkling magic and it sure. can just be if like loving people or being kind or whatever it is that is unique to you like everybody has their own special thing yes and so i really think that that's the sprinkle magic you don't have to be you're silly and humorous and a jokester and like that sort of stuff but that's 
who you are. That's your personality. You're authentic to you, but everybody can be authentic to who they are and still do the same thing yes. that fits who they are. And I think that's an excellent use of like that in between time that you deal with. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, Piano Boy is asking. My buddy. Um, question one: How was your day? Um. Good. Sundays go pretty fast between church and. Yeah, there was a guest pastor at church who was oh, he was hilarious and really great. Took the dog for a long walk this morning. Met a friend or like saw a friend on on the walk. Talked to him for a while. That was really great. Uh, had a s protein shake for breakfast. Um, <laughs> really just telling it all. Huh? And then I did some work because I have a partnership deal coming up, and I had to get some paperwork done for that. So. That's my day so far. It's been pretty great. All right, question two. What do you do to prepare for school in the final days of summer? Um, I relax as much as possible. It, it, but not just, no, no, no. That's I'm not even teasing. true. No, you're right. You're almost right. It's not relax. It is, I want to be invigorated by the time I go back to school. So to me, that is brain dump. Here's all the things that are like I'm anxious about and I think I have to get done. Finding, so this is a new plan that I have. Uh, my friend, my, I just made this friend, Robin, because, uh, you know, I'm 44 and I make new friends. Um, <laughs> my friend, Robin, uh, who said she, when she realizes what she has to do in a day, she has like a, a quadrants, right? So it's like, what's important, what's unimportant, what's urgent, what's not urgent. And so looking at that and seeing like, what is both important and urgent? And if things line up on that level, then those are the things she's doing that day. So I try and get things done that I need to have done for the first week, not just the first day, the first week of school, anything after that, I'm not worrying about that. It's not due for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, but you know, until middle of the year, I'm not doing it now. I only do things that are like, that are important for that week. Um, and then I want to live in a world that week before that is giving me energy, right? I want, there, there are things in life that drain your energy and things that give you energy. I want to spend as much time in the giving energy place. So that means like, for me, it's being mindful of my time, spending time with my kids. Um, I'm, I'm getting old. I, I really like puzzles. I am like a basic, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like two minutes away from building ships in the bottle at this point. That's really where I'm at. People. Uh, but it is doing puzzles. If I want to, it is uh, like, being mindful of my health, of my energy, of watching movies, of like going to the movies, of hanging out with friends. It's like as much of an influx of, of energy that I can get because then that's going to make me show up and feel like, man, I got it to give today. And so that's why I want to be able to do it. Puzzles. Next question. Hey, CJ, I'm a new teacher who just came across your videos, and I have definitely drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh. But my question is, how do you build connection with parents in the beginning of the year? <laughs> First of all, Valerie, I'm going to say that we don't drink Kool-Aid here at Real Rap with Realms because there's red dye in it, and that's not good for you. We drink coffee. No, I have to say. <laughs> drink so, water. I do drink a lot of water. Coffee, disgusting green juice, smoothies. Um, but first of all, I, I really also want to say, this is second of all, that I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad that you you found somewhere like it. Like what we tried to create here was something that I wish existed when I started teaching. Um, so my question is, how do you build connections with parents in the beginning of the year? First of all, it is important to build connections with, with parents at the beginning of the year. How I do that is it's hard to do that individually, right? Like I don't, I don't have time to send out emails to every single parent. 
Um, but at back to school night, I generally, I, what I want to do is wow parents. I want parents to go, damn, this is going to be a great year. Like this guy cares. Like he loves teaching. Cause I tell them I love teaching. I tell them I'll get them their kid any book that they want. As long as they read, I tell kids, parents, I don't play around. Um, and that I'm serious about what we're doing here and that I need them to be a part of what we're doing so that their kid can find ultimate success. And then I tell them all the stuff we're going to do that year. And then I have a handout. I should make this available. Now I'm saying it. Put on, put on the list somewhere. Uh, I have a handout that I give parents that is like, look, basically, what do I need to know about your kid that I'm not going to learn from an IEP? I'm not going to learn from a 504. I'm not going to learn from their teacher from last year because I don't ever, 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 ever ask previous teachers what I should know about children because that's their opinion and not mine. Um, and sometimes that can skew things either way. And but I want to know, like, what is your kid? What do they like? What do they not like? Who's a teacher they had a great class in? Who's a teacher they had a horrible class in? Why were those two things real? So I don't need names of those teachers, but what I want to do is get as much information as I can from parents that's going to really uh, help me to teach their kid. I have never, ever, ever, ever had a teacher do that for me or for my own children. And so I think that I would love that because I think, you know, every kid, every parent thinks their kid is a special flower. And sometimes they are right. Like I definitely feel that way about, especially my son. Uh, Brody is just cut from a different kind of cloth than, than most people in the world. And so there's certain things I want you to know about him because um, he's a really good boy, but he'll keep saying yes. And then he understands it, but he does not because he wants you to be happy with him. And so um, he is someone that um, just because he looks like he's paying attention doesn't mean he's paying attention. It's because he's a good boy and he wants you to know that he's paying attention right now and that, oh, and he's making the eyes and giving the expressions and all that stuff. And then other times... <laughs> He will ne not be paying attention at all, and we're doing this thing. We all know this kid, but he really is listening. Like I go, I'll get pissed off. And I did it this morning when I go, I'm not listening to what you said. Didn't I say this morning? <laughs> not listening to what you said so you can repeat back to me what I just said to you because you're not paying attention to me. And he goes, because I got he pissed me off. And he goes, I am. You said this, and then this, and then this. Oh, you said this before that. Oh, all right. My bad, bro. My bad, you, you know, you're Got on it. You. So it's things like that for, for my guy that really, like, I wish I, I could, parents would do. Um, I think our last question is going to come from Chris Chong. It says, hey, Reynolds, oh, what do you uh, do if needed to teach, a if you needed to teach a different subject, especially one that you're not particularly strong with? Um, you know, Chris, I would find people that are doing, that are doing that, doing great at that subject um and so like if i had to teach like uh history all of a sudden or something like that or like moving the science one i would look for people that are doing a great job already and then i would not overburden myself there's this this thing that teachers do sometimes that i that i really get to engage with educators that think they have to know all the stuff before they can start teaching something and i think it's about staying just a few steps. It could just be a step ahead of your students if they're not really motivated. If you have really like kids that are gifted, kids that are in honors classes or an AP, you have to stay several steps ahead of them. But like, but if you're teaching like a regular ed class, it's just about staying a step or two ahead of the students. Um, and then learning as you go. Like I, I, I don't fake it with kids ever. If I don't know stuff, I just tell them I don't know. 
I go, that's a great question. I never even thought of that before. Like, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to find it out and I'm going to bring it back to class. And I'll say that over and over and over and over again. I don't like when I spell stuff wrong, it's one of two options here because I'm a terrible speller. And I think it's because I'm uh, undiagnosed dyslexic. Um, I cannot spell things. This is why I can't pronounce people's names all the time on the show. I either tell kids that like, oh, great, you get an extra point because I was like, I put that in there on purpose. Uh, that's what I used to do to kids. Tell them I put that spelling error in there on purpose. And sometimes I still play that because I think it's just funny. But most of the time I tell them, yeah, I'm terrible at spelling because this is my gig. Like I, I struggle with this. And so stop my strong suit. Thank God I have a uh, spell check on my computer and every email I sent gets spell check first or I send it to Edie and she reads it for me. Like she's my mom. So uh, that is, th that's just how I handle that. So I think, and then it is finding ways to get excited about what you're being asked to do. Right. So like whether that is something that um, you are being asked to teach or, or asked to partner in or whatever. It's finding things that's going to make that are going to make you excited and make the students excited because the last thing you want to do is go into a class that you're not stoked about. That's not really your wheelhouse and then teach from a place of like dread. You want to teach from a place of like excitedness and, and, and love and stuff like that. So look, gang, before we go, um, cause my kids are waiting for me to, to go do something after this. Um, uh, before we go, if you are, can you take that down? Um, if you're interested in uh, being a part of, if, so if you weren't here in the beginning, we are doing a workshop that's coming up in about a week. We are going to announce it this week, the, the exact date and time and all that stuff that uh, is really geared. What I really want to do, instead of just a video, I want to do a really deep uh, workshop on how do we start the year this year. And so I've made videos on this sort of thing before, but really through the lens of kids coming back to school that maybe have been virtual, been hybrid, been, you know, the, like things have been wonky the last 15 months that kids were in school, 16 months kids have been in school. So showing up and how do we start the year where we are feeling confident, we're feeling excited and we're walking in like with a little like, like swagger in your step. So you feel like you got this. Like I would really love to get people there um, or just help you. Cause I think you, I think, look, to be honest with you, I think a lot of things I talk about, people might already know, but sometimes it helps to hear a voice of validation. And some, or and sometimes it's like, I thought that, but like, yeah, I am going to do that. So that's that's kind of where I want to help people get to, is to a place where they're feeling confident and strong about starting the year and excited about going back to school. If you are interested in that, um, the first people that are going to find out about it are the people that are on our email list. If you just go to realrapwithreynolds.com, you can, there's a little thing that floats around or hangs on the side or something like that. It says newsletter. Just click on that. Um, and we didn't have a newsletter last month because, because we were edulous. But there, the folks that are on the email list are going to get information first about this. It's going to be a live event with me where I'm going to do a whole presentation and do a Q&A afterwards. And then people that sign up are also going to be a part of like a, a live Q&A about a week later. So you'll have time to implement some of these things. And then a week later, if things didn't go right, if you had to pivot, if it didn't go how you expected, if you need some clarity around it, I'm going to do another meetup with people to show up to get information on that. That's the first place you're going to hear about it is in the newsletter. Uh, otherwise, just keep a lookout. It's going to be on social media. I'm going to make a YouTube video about it, things like that. Um, and that's going to be something that's coming up, uh, that we will announce this week. 
Uh, we wanted to already have it out, but again, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you guys that life like, is real. Life is real, and living in Edilus world is dip. Like there's so many other layers of things I have to take care of now that are usually taken care of. Um, and if you watch this, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. No. It just it just shows how just much we love you. We have teens, and that's new for us. And we do you have know, teens. That's... we do have teens. Um, my hair is completely gray by next year. Elizabeth is saying. Um, is that we go back on Tuesday and students come Wednesday night. Can we have an evening workshop or late afternoon? Yes, it will be um, sometime. We're taking that into account when yeah. uh, our planning and all that, because we also so, realize we're on the latter end. We're schools are already starting for some people literally tomorrow. And we have weeks and weeks before we still do go back. Yeah. So I, I have a couple of ideas there, Elizabeth, but right. Elizabeth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it will be, I'm thinking, um, on a Saturday earlier in the morning. So it doesn't take up your whole day. And then it will also be available for people that, uh, I know you close that door now. It's hot what as hell back here. I, I know I get it. It's I'm just playing. Um, it will be available for like to, for people to rewatch, uh, for people that sign up for it. And, and so that, that will be available too. So if you know, someone that's struggling, if you know someone that could use this, when that information comes out, consider passing it on i just think it's going to be i'm really really want to help people go back to school this year so that's what i'm, I'm thinking about um that's it gang i'm so glad that you're here and i'm so glad that that uh we do this every sunday is like literally a joy for me every single week so um we will see you next week and that's it gang peace and i didn't even have a thing i was gonna have a thing but we'll just throw this up there see you next week peace <laughs>